When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steeler pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Kevin Smith. We are here from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And as always, we're getting ready to talk about the Steelers' upcoming game. We always recap the last week's game, a big win over the Carolina Panthers, a dominated win. We are going to do all that. But as we're recording this, it is Wednesday evening, and the news is still very fresh about the passing of Franco Harris, and it's something that we as Steeler fans, as being a part of the Steeler family, this is a loss that just completely shakes the very foundation of the Pittsburgh Steeler family, and it's something that we definitely have to talk about just for healing on our own so i'm going to bring in kevin kevin hope you're doing as well as you possibly can in the wake of the news yeah just kind of shocked by it all um i was in school this morning and they uh the bell rang to, to pass our classes and i had to move from one class to another and i was walking down the hallway and one of the fellow teachers said to me franco harris and i didn't have any idea what he was talking about i, I said yeah man you know 50 the anniversary of uh, the Immaculate Reception uh, Saturday night against the Raiders is going to be awesome. And he said, no, 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 he, he died. And I was like, what? I was confused. You just, I didn't know what, what he was talking about. I mean, what do you mean he died? Uh, it just seemed 
like impossible because yeah, we're about to have this huge ceremony and Franco Harris about to get his number retired. We're talking about he died. And so, yeah, that was how I find, found out about it. And I just, it didn't, it made me, it made me feel, uh, obviously, you know, you have all these emotions, but you just, I just thought, how, how is that possible? It just, it just felt like, you know, Franco Harris has always just seemed like such a vibrant individual and kind of the lifeblood of, of the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers from the seventies, you see, you know, a lot, there may have been some bigger names, you know, I think, I think a lot of Steelers fans from that era may have loved, you know, Jack Lambert more or, you know, Joe Green more, but, but Franco was always so visible and he was always just so out in front and proud uh, of the tradition and just the face of the franchise in, in many ways. And so it's just shocking that he's gone. Growing up for me, and I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, and I grew up in the 70s. I was born in 1971. I was a year old when the Immaculate Reception happened. Uh, you know, when you grow up in Western PA, it's especially in the mid to late 70s, you are all Steelers, and that's all that you know. And that's, and it's not like today where you have NFL Sunday ticket and you, you have, all of these different things where you can adopt a different team and jerseys are really easy to get. You know, we had to get those jerseys at uh, JC Penney's out of the, uh, the catalog or, and number 32 is always there. But for me, it was always Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris, because those guys were the scorers. They were the leaders of the offense. And Franco was just always one of my guys. Now I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin. I never had and I still, I still struggle when you ask me who my favorite Steeler is, because I don't have favorite Steelers. I have ones that that I adore, and there are a lot of them. I mean, I can't tell you that I love Mike Webster more than I love Jack Lambert or Jack Ham more than I love Franco Harris. I, I don't. I just love them because they're Steelers. They're like uncles to me growing up. And they were the cool uncles and they wore black and gold. And Franco was that guy. He was just the Franco was more of the face than Terry Bradshaw in a way. He was a big guy. He wasn't your prototypical running back, a big guy, a bruiser, but he had finesse to him too. And it was just always Franco. And I had a chance to meet Franco about 10 years ago. And I even this is how much of a fan I am of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, when I got married to my wife, Jennifer, we got a ball. Congratulations, Brian and Jennifer, Franco Harris, and the date of our wedding. Mm. And uh, one of my friends arranged that. And I have that. And it's a prized possession of mine. The guy has a beautiful signature. He is, uh, I've met him maybe two or three times. And he was just one of those guys to me, larger than life since I was a kid. And I looked at the picture. I have only have one picture of me posing with Franco Harris. And I look like an idiot in this picture because I have the dumbest Muppet look on my face of just like, like I'm shell shocked. Cause I'm standing next to Franco Harris. And I, I started to laugh and I looked at that today and I'm like, you know what? That was just the admiration that I felt because most pictures you see of me, I've like, I'm doing the Isaac fingers from the love boat, like uh, the double, uh, the double shotguns, you know, I I'm doing something like that. But for this, I, I was completely humbled. And if you know me on this network, I'm not humbled. I'm not humble very often, but 
it was just something special because that was a childhood hero of mine and it just continued. And now that I'm in my fifties, it, I got the news today. I should have known what all those dings meant something bad at six o'clock in the morning when I'm getting all those beeps. I think Tony Defio broke it first on our uh, Slack channel. And when I saw that, I was just like, uh, I was kind of like you. I was like, no, this isn't real. I thought I was still asleep, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, did the, uh, yeah, you talk about meeting Franco Harris and I've, I, I've known so many people that have had a chance to meet him and everybody says the same thing. What, what a wonderful person. What a, what a positive, charismatic, humble man he was. I mean, I, I, I had the opportunity to meet Fra- Franco Harris several times. He, he went to Rancocas Valley High School, which is here in South Jersey where I live. I've been, I've been coaching football in South Jersey for 25 years, and it's a, it's a tight football community. The, you know, South Jersey football sort of takes care of its own. There's a lot of really cool uh, football, uh, like fraternities, not literal fraternities, but sort of figurative fraternities that you can belong to. And Franco Harris was always incredibly supportive of South Jersey football and he was always showing up at banquets and golf outings and fundraisers. And, and I had a chance to, to, to talk with him a couple of times. And one of the times that I talked to them, uh, this is, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. I shared with him the story about when I first met Franco Harris, when, when I first met Franco Harris, I was in sixth grade and, and I did have a favorite Steeler growing up. It was Jack Lambert. And yeah, I've, I've, you know, in my previous uh, life around behind the steel curtain, before I became a writer, I was known as uh, Cliff Harris is still a punk, which was a <laughs> reference. Right. To, yeah, which was a reference to uh, to Jack Lambert slamming Cliff Harris to the ground in Super Bowl ten, and that was the moment I fell in love with the Steelers. And when I was in sixth grade, I went to a football camp at Fairfield University in Connecticut called Offense Defense Camp. And I wanted to go. It was a two-week camp. I wanted to go to the first week because Jack Lambert was one of the uh, was one of the counselors. It was all staffed by current NFL players. But that that week filled up, uh, and and I wasn't able to get registered. So I went the next week, and Franco Harris was one of the one of the counselors. And and they uh, everybody coached different position groups. And I was a running back at the time, and I went with the running backs. And so Franco Harris was our our counselor, and he was. He was the guy who, you know, really worked with us more than anybody else during the camp. And Franco showed me a cool little, you know, cool little dip move where you could kind of dip your shoulder into a tackler on contact and and you'd kind of pop back up and keep your balance and keep them off your legs. And at the end of the week, we had a, an actual a live scrimmage. I mean, this, this was back in the day when you went to football camp and it was full pad, full contact. Nobody was worried about ACLs or any stuff like that. You were getting after it. and. Um, Franco Harris and Tom Moore, who Tom Moore at the time was the Steelers wide receivers coach. And I think he would, he, he would later go on to become their offensive coordinator, but Franco and Tom Moore were our coaches. And um, we had a, you know, had a play in there where I got the ball and I kind of worked that little move that Franco had taught me to dip the shoulder and collided with a, a defender and bounced off him, made a few more yards and, Franco got all excited and he high-fived me on the way back to the huddle and, you know, said something like, you know, that's what I'm talking about, something like that. But anyway, 20 some years later, maybe even 30 years later or whatever, when I, I ran into him at a, a golf outing, which was a fundraiser for uh, some South Jersey football here. 
uh, I shared that story with him. I said, Franco, you know, you're never going to remember this, but, uh, you know, and he didn't remember, of course, but he remembered the camp. He remembered offense defense camp and he shared, he shared some great stories about the things that the NFL guys would do. He was there when I, when I was there that week, it was Franco and, uh, Dave Casper of the Raiders and, uh, Jerry Robinson, the linebacker from the Eagles and, Burgess Owens, the all-pro D-back for the Raiders. There were some, you know, some good NFL guys. And he was sharing some cool stories about, you know, while, while the campers were sleeping, just, you know, those, <laughs> those guys running around and playing pranks on each other and having fun. And it was just kind of cool to be able to, to talk to Franco Harris like he was just another one of the guys. And he always made people feel just like that, like he wasn't above you in any way, shape, or form, that you were on the same level and he was very – uh, you know, appreciative of, of fans reaching out and, and he shared his life with them. And, you know, he's a man that will, that will really be missed because he was a humble individual as much as, as a, as a great football player that he was, he was that great as a human being. So I've noticed something today and, you know, this is a new story and I'm reading all these headlines Franco Harris known for the immaculate reception. And right away I get defensive. I'm like, no, no, he's not just known for the immaculate reception. He's known for so much more. He is he was more than a player Pittsburgh, the Steelers, and the community. He was more than that play. He was an ambassador. He showed up to all of these philanthropic events. He was there all the time and he lived and breathed Steeler football and stayed in Pittsburgh and became a Pittsburgh guy. I know you don't lose, you don't ever lose your jersey when you're New Jersey, but you don't when you go to Pittsburgh and you're embraced, you never leave. And Franco never left. And in fact, I think we get we took for granted that Franco was always going to be there. And I think that's what's haunting and scary the most out of all of this because when it's time to announce a draft pick, you know, Franco's going to be there. You know, when it's time for Pat Fryermuth, when it's time for Kenny Pickett, it was Franco. And the and that meant a lot to those guys. And they both talked about that today that they announced their that Franco announced their entrance into the NFL. And we're just not gonna see that face anymore and see that ambassador. And it feels like you lost a part of the of your fandom today. And all of us. So it's just one of those things that that uh be honest with you i'm not trying to be dramatic i'm having a hard time today having a hard time being an adult in adulting today because it uh i'm going back to being eight years old and wearing that hills department store jersey with a 32 on it and collecting the cards and and wanting to be franco harris and it's always he's always been a part of my fandom as long as i've known the Pittsburgh Steelers I've known of Franco Harris when he left to go to Seattle. I wasn't mad at Franco. I was mad at the Steelers for a little bit. I was mad at Chuck Noll for saying Franco who at the time I was mad, but there's a, a part of me that knew that he wasn't going away permanently. He was just trying to, you know, further his career and, uh, you'll get closer to Jim Brown and that record at the time. So, you know, as far as everything goes, this has just been a very, very emotional day for a lot of Steeler fans, especially those that grew up with Pittsburgh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and with Franco Harris 
number 32. And it hurts because I feel like we all lost a part of our childhood today. Yep. Well said. I feel the same way. It just, it's a, it's a, it's a moment when something like that, this happens, it's a moment where you almost look yourself in the mirror and you, you kind of think about your own mortality. You think about some of the things that shaped you in your life and the things that have influenced you and, you know, falling in love with the Pittsburgh Steelers when I was seven years old or however old I was, little did I know at the time that would, that would lead to a lifetime commitment, so to speak, or, or relationship with football. I mean, I've, I've been playing and coaching my whole life. I, I didn't know it then, but falling in love with the Pittsburgh Steelers would, would lead me down a life path that would inevitably guide me through high school and my friend groups and take me to college and, and then into a professional world where I would have the opportunity to, to do things that I probably couldn't have dreamed of when I was a little kid. And it would, it would, you know, help me to meet my wife and, uh, and, you know, now I'm coaching my own, my own son, you know, in his, in his football world. Uh, it just created really, you know, kind of a, a lifetime of, of memories for me. And so when you lose somebody like Franco, how does you reflect on all that? You know, you look at, you look back on that, you know, on, at your own life and then you, you kind of take stock and you say, yeah, man, when your heroes start to go, you begin to think about your own mortality. So it's a sobering moment for no doubt about that. It really does. And we were supposed to celebrate a play and celebrate the man and retire his jersey. And that's still going to happen. Now we're celebrating the life on Saturday night of Franco Harris, but he was supposed to be there for this. He had the tickets, right? I mean, he was going to be there. I don't know who all was going to be there, but it was supposed to be a grand celebration on Christmas. I want it to still be a grand celebration of the man's life and not just one play. And uh, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much, Franco Harris, because that's one of the reasons I love the Steelers and I love I love the game just like you do and how it's affected you. I mean, I'm doing this that I'm doing right now. This is a dream to be able to do podcasts and to write about the Steelers. I get to tell people that I get paid to watch the Steelers. Hmm. And that, you know, that eight-year-old kid dreamed of stuff like that, that I get to do this. And it's not for my own vanity. It's just for the fact that I get to do something. It's a part-time job, but it's something that I just adore and love. And all those seeds were sown back in the 1970s with 58 and 52 and 88 and 12 and 82 and 47 and 31. But most of all, number 32. So... With that being said, there is a game coming up that, the, and it was planned this way to be the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. Um, it was planned this way to be the Raiders. And it was planned this way to celebrate with Franco there. But now we're going to celebrate with Franco in mind. And I think it's going to be even a bigger celebration. So well, we're going to talk, thing. go ahead. Yeah, we're, 
Uh, I know we're going to talk about this in a minute, but uh, the Las Vegas Raiders better buckle up, man, because I have a feeling that uh, whatever you want to call Heinz Field, Acroshore Stadium, Three River Stadium, it's all it's going to be rocking on Saturday night. I mean, I I have a feeling that there is going to be, you know, a a world of passion in that building. It's going to mean so much more. And um, yeah, I'm struggling with this, Kevin, and and I really am. Um, but we're going to talk about that game because we have to, and that's the name of the show. But we want to urge you all to go ahead and we have an article that's coming out. Well, it's already out. And check that out. It's about all of our thoughts about Franco Harris. And we want you to flood the comment section with your memories and what this man meant to you and really did. And the sad thing about it is we're going to have more of these shows. We had, we had a show about Tunchokin, you know, last year. And that one hurt because he was a huge ambassador of the Steelers. This one hurts in a different way because this is the man that ushered us in to the fandom. So that's that's why it's going to mean so much more. Um, but we're gonna yeah, we're gonna have these shows as you know, we think of our own mortality, we think of the mortality of our parents, of our friends and our family. And this really puts a lot of things in into perspective. So let's go ahead and take a break, Kevin. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about briefly talk about the win over the Panthers. We're gonna talk about this game. I'm going to spoiler. I think we already know who the dude of the week is, but we're, we're going to talk about that even more. So we'll be right back after this on here. We go. The Steelers pregame show from behind the steel curtain.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am on the subway train. Sitting between two finest girls. I- Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. I am Brian Anthony Davis. Kevin Smith is with me as always. KT. It was an emotional first half of the show. And uh, as... Just like everything, the show must go on, and we are going to continue, and we're going to talk about the game against the Carolina Panthers, and that was, to me, Kevin, that was a game that hearkened me back to the times of Franco Harris and a dominant Steelers running game 
And it, it, it was something special because I felt like the Steelers dominated in the trenches, just like those 70s Steelers did the entire decade and throughout those championships. So can you did you feel the same way I did about that? Yeah, you know, I thought that it was a game where the Steelers were able to to establish the run early. And then more importantly, in the second half, when Carolina knew that the Steelers were going to run the football, they were still able to. They weren't able to rip off chunk plays. I think the longest run, Najee Harris's longest run of the game, I think was 10 yards. But he wound up with 86 yards on 17 carries because he had a lot of runs in the six, seven yard range early on. And then he made the grinding three and four yard runs in the second half. And that's the sign of a pretty good offensive line. When the other team knows you're going to run the football and you can run it, it's sort of the reverse of what we saw the week earlier against Baltimore and everybody in the world knew that the Ravens were going to run the ball and, and they did so at will. So, so it was great to see a bounce back like that. I thought that the left side of Pittsburgh's line, Dan Moore Jr. and Kevin Dotson were particularly good. Um, I thought Mason Cole was very good. I think that Pat Myers' influence on this group is really starting to show up. When we first talked about Pat Meyer back in the summer when he had been hired, the word on him was that he was a technician and that he was a guy who really emphasized fundamentals. And I remember when I was at Steelers training camp in August, I spent a pretty good time of the practice that I attended just watching the offensive line. And boy, Pat Meyer, didn't he never stopped instructing. He, he went through those individual drills and it was constant instruction, constant correction, even if it was really subtle things like you know, hand placement, moving your hand six inches to the strike point that he wanted you to, to, to focus on. And, uh, and early on in the season, there was a lot of thinking about this guy's changing a lot of the technique work and can you do that with pros and is it, is it, are they going to regress because they're thinking too much? But what we've seen over the last six, seven weeks is that they're really starting to come together. They're starting to communicate. Well, I focused on a play in the article that I wrote, uh, for the website this week on a, a sweep play where where um, Dan Moore gets out and pulls and uh, and Mason Cole come, pulls behind him and and Zach, Zach Gentry kind of whiffs on the down block and it allows Carolina's DN to cross his face. And Dan Moore, as he's pulling out, he's not supposed to block that end, but he manages just to, just to get a piece of the end long enough to redirect him so that Mason Cole can take him over and seal the edge. And, and that's a hugely important sort of fundamental technique moment there and the Steelers go on and they pick up seven or eight yards and I don't think they could have made that block uh you know six seven weeks ago uh, and so you know you're really seeing a difference pay off you know the, in the fundamentals pay off and it's great to see I mean, it, it, it like you said earlier it, it reminds you of, of old school Steelers football and that's definitely what we need to see but let me ask you this. Was that win fool's gold in a way because Kenny Pickett did not play in this game? The reason I'm asking that is because got a good performance out of Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky is, you know, your insurance policy if Kenny Pickett goes down. But did Kenny Pickett not being in this game, did we not, are we 
going to see the same type of Steelers against the Raiders because he wasn't in there? I think when the Steelers run the ball like that, then they can they have a lot more freedom in, in, to do what they want to do in the passing game. And Trubisky was huge, no doubt about it. When you think of when you think about Pittsburgh's final drive, when they when they drive down and, and kick a field goal to make it, a, it's it's twenty one thirteen at the time, and they drive down kick a field goal to make it twenty four thirteen. They convert two huge third downs on that drive, uh, third and fourteen, a third and six, and both times Trubisky finds Deontay Johnson with great throws, absolutely great throws. And does Kenny Pickett make those throws? I don't know. But what we've seen from Kenny Pickett is that when the Steelers can run the football and when Kenny Pickett protects the ball and doesn't turn it over, then the Steelers are successful. So I think that what they were able to do against Carolina would have translated to success with Kenny Pickett at quarterback or Mace or, or, um, uh, Mitch Trubisky, either one of them. So, so again, I, I, you know, I, I think that's the formula moving forward, run the football, uh, don't turn it over, reduce the self-inflicted wounds, and they've got a, a shot against just about anybody. Let me ask you this. So they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders, and that Raiders team, they're kind of a disappointment this year, but they do have a lot of power in the running game, and they do have a lot of power as far as at the quarterback position, and the defense is not that shabby. What do you see as being an offensive game plan going up against the Raiders? So the Raiders are middle of the road defending the run, kind of like where Carolina was, but they're 26th in the NFL against the pass. And I'll be interested to see if the Steelers get more aggressive throwing the football. Now, that said, I, th- I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it supposed to be like five degrees in Pittsburgh on Saturday night? Is it is it somewhere in that neighborhood? If that's the case, then... Well, it would be very interesting to see if the Steelers are are aggressive trying to throw the football. The the uh, Kenny Pickett has small hands and and won't be able to throw the ball in cold weather. Uh, narrative will be put to the test for sure it, when it, when it comes time to throw the ball. But I think that they you know they have to you know don't don't get away from what's been successful for them. What's been successful is has been when they when they run the football and can establish a run game early and and then can can work the passing game off of the run game. So I would look for them to, to attack Vegas that way. You know, they're an interesting team. I mean, they got off to a terrible start, but they've, they've won four out of their last five. The last seven games that they've played have all been decided by a touchdown or less, and they're five and two in those games. So they've been winning close football games. And, you know, I think everybody – Everybody saw what happened last week against New England. I mean, if Franco's plays the immaculate reception, what, what do we what do we call that last week? <laughs> what was that? Led the, like the holy lateral, or I don't know. But I mean, that was like I've never seen a more ridiculous play end a football game than that one. So, so Vegas is is playing better football now, and they're yeah, and they're you know they seem to the breaks seem to be falling their way. So there'll be a challenge on Saturday night. They definitely will. What about that defense? How should the Steelers attack that defense as far as everything goes? Well, they got to neutralize their pass rushers. They've got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones uh, coming off the edge, and those guys are good pass rushers, and they've got to be able, when, they, when the Steelers want to throw the football, 
They have to be able to handle them. Max Crosby had a big game against the Steelers last year. Um, and so Pittsburgh needs to either be able to block him one-on-one with Chuksakor for or account for him by chipping him with a tight end or a back, maybe sicking Jalen Warren on him. Man, he, uh, you want to talk about a dude who can pass protect. Jalen Warren every week seems to snap some defensive lineman's head back with, uh, with in pass protection. So they certainly have to account for him uh, in the, you know, in the run game. I mean, they got, they have a uh, former behind the steel curtain draft crush, Andrew Billings uh, in the middle of their four, three defense. And Oh my gosh, I forgot about that guy. Andrew Billings. Yes. We all loved Andrew Billings at one time. And he goes in the fourth round. We got to get him now. Now I, 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 <laughs> I was, if I had to like rate my uh, most irrational draft crushes in terms of their NFL production, he would undoubtedly be number one. I was on. I was on the uh, Andrew Billings will be the next Casey Hampton train. Well, he has not been. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so you know, I mean, I think the Steelers can run the ball. I mean, Vegas is underwhelming in in at the in the linebacking core, and so you know, like I said, I think their best attribute are their edge rushers, and if the Steelers can neutralize them, they can move the ball. Vegas is. 25th in the league and giving up points they're giving up about 25 points per game so teams have been able to score on them and uh, and vegas tends when they when they're on defense they tend to have success making splash plays turnovers and sacks so that's what the steelers have to protect against very well so how do you see this game shaking out look i i know you talked about the fact that the raiders better be ready because the Steelers are going to be fired up but when you get into the second and third quarter, things do calm down a little bit and you do have, you, you do have the cream rising to the top. Are they both are coming in with six and eight records, but what do you see as far as there being an advantage for either team in this game? Well, Vegas's biggest advantage is, is Josh Jacobs in the run game. He's the NFL's leading rusher. He's got over 1400 yards. It's going to be cold, and he's a big back. And in conditions like that, you reach a, defenders often reach a point against a big back where the I mean the physic the contact just hurts, and you you there's there can be a tendency to lose your desire to continue to throw yourself in there and try and tackle this 225, 230 pound guy. So the Steelers are going to have to commit themselves mentally to taking away the run. And, and that's just going to be a physical and mental challenge. This is going to be the, a, a will thing, a want to. How much are they going to want to tackle Josh Jacobs for 60 minutes? The thing that I, thought, I think was really disappointing about the game two weeks ago against Baltimore is at the end of the game, it just didn't look like the Steelers wanted to tackle anymore. It didn't, it didn't look like they wanted to do the dirty work to stop the Ravens run game. And so last week they did last week down in Carolina, they, they were great against the run. They held, they held the Panthers to 21 rushing yards. They, they threw bodies at the line of scrimmage. Terrell Edmonds was playing on the line of scrimmage for a lot of the game last week. And they were essentially saying, we're going to live with Sam Darnold trying to beat us down the field. That'll be a lot tougher against the Raiders because you have Devontae Adams and you, you know, you've got Derek Carr at quarterback and, they can certainly hurt you in those types of matchups. So it's going to be a big challenge for the Steelers to be able to, to contain Vegas's offense, specifically to be able to stop that running game uh, with a base front, 
without having to commit the extra guy to the line of scrimmage like they did last week. All right, so it is going to be one heck of an emotional time. It's going to be a very good football game because I think these two teams are going to match up really well. Pittsburgh has had a disadvantage against the Raiders lately. They have not played well against the Raiders. Do you think that just goes out the window when they get there? Because you have players that have not played the Raiders before, like a Kenny Pickett, if he is indeed going to play, and it looks like he's going to, and a George Pickens. They're they're new to this whole um, rivalry, and it is a rivalry because of the things that have gone on for the last 50 years. But with that being said, Kevin, do you think that that goes out the window? I do. I don't think this has anything to do with uh, with what's happened in previous years. To me, this is a pros-pro kind of game because neither team's going to make the playoffs. They're both kind of on the outside looking in. It's going to be about five degrees in Pittsburgh. It's just one of those games where it's going to come down to desire and, and, and who wants it more. And I think that, you know, obviously execution will play a huge role in that and minimizing turnovers will play a huge role in that. But the team, I believe, that plays more fundamentally sound with more passion, more emotion, and really just wants to win more is going to be the more successful team. And, you know, I don't know if that if, if, if we'll get those Steelers. Sometimes, for whatever reason, sometimes the Steelers, you know, they, they seem to, to have more of that mentality when they're on the road. And I don't, I don't know why that is. But I think with everything that's going on this week and – honoring the Immaculate Reception game, honoring, uh, memorializing Franco. And I think there'll be a lot of ex-Steelers in the house. And Pittsburgh will certainly have an awful lot to play for. So my hope is that they'll they'll meet that challenge and, and we'll, we'll play one of their best football games of the year. That's, that is the hope. And I am looking forward to this game now more than ever because of the backdrop and because of the tribute. And of course the, this team, this team wants to win for Franco. It is not, it's just not a saying because even these young guys know everything about him and they've seen him and they've embraced him. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. Do you, can you go ahead and uh, throw in a prediction? You know, I really have, I, honestly, if this were like Vegas, I'd take this game off the board because there's just so many variables here that make it really hard to predict. The optimist in me thinks that the Steelers will win because uh, of all those intangibles. But sometimes when you're too emotional, emotion can be the enemy of reason. Emotion can can get in your way and it can, you know, it can cloud your ability to to function and so I don't know. I don't know what I don't know which Steelers group you're you're going to get. Uh, I think this is a game the Steelers should win, but at the same time, I would never lay money on this game because I think it's just too unpredictable. Well, very well. I uh, I kind of agree with you. I I don't even know where I am going with my pick, <laughs> and I'm not. I I will tell you this. Uh, my bold and bizarre predictions. I had this grand this grand bold and bizarre prediction because you know i i try to be funny in the bold and bizarre predictions and i'm going to change up because i did have uh franco coming on the field and and uh and uh winning the game <laughs> on a last second deflection coming 
<laughs> so um just because i thought it would be a fun thing to do and of course that was planned weeks ago and uh but yeah i, I, t- I tell you what i this is uh this is such an as emotional as it is for us, it's emotional for the players too. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, there's no question on who the dude of the week is. Um, I'll let you say it because uh, I, I think, you know who it is too. Well, I was on Twitter earlier today and there was a tweet from Garrett Lucas, who's the the head football coach at Rancocas Valley high school where, where Franco Harris attended and he shared something from uh, just a memory of, of Franco who, who remained a big booster of RV football and uh, Garrett Lucas shared uh, something briefly on, on Twitter where he, he talked about uh, quietly without making a big fanfare of about it, or even really letting anybody know uh, Rancocas Valley had some students who were in need financial need after a, uh, a tragedy that had happened in the community and Franco Harris paid the bills for, uh, or, or if it was, I can't remember if it was bills or money that they needed specifically. And very, very quietly, Franco Harris took care of it without really telling anybody. And, and only after the fact that did, uh, the family sort of let people know what, what he had done. And, uh, Garrett Lucas just sharing that is like, you know, this is who he was. This, is, this was the guy who, who didn't need you to know, that he had done a good thing. He just did it because it was in his heart. So, so if uh, that, you know, that speaks volumes about, about him. And uh, if we're, if we're honoring dudes of the week, then uh, you, you know, you want those people to be men of character as well as great athletes. And Franco was all that. And you know what? We are not honoring Franco Harris, the football player. We are honoring Franco Harris, the man and the ambassador and who he was so i perfect dude of the week and that story is gosh that hits you right in the heart too yep for sure well let's get on out of here kevin it is uh i hope you have a very merry christmas and i will be talking to you next week hopefully we're going to be talking about a a very big win for the pittsburgh steelers and but most importantly you know, it's, it's time to, you know, especially with a day and a week that we've had here, you know, it's, it's especially important to let everybody know that listens to these shows that of course we can't do it without you. And this is, this is the season where we, uh, a lot of us recognize things that are important in our lives, but we need to do that 365. We need to do that every single day. So when you went to bed last night, you never thought you were going to wake up to this news. And so I'm just going to challenge everybody to remember that if you got a grudge right now, if you've had somebody you haven't called in a while, if you have somebody that, that, uh, you need to fix something with, or if you just have somebody that needs to know that you love them, or even if they don't need to know that you love them, let them know anyways, everybody loves to hear it. So Kevin, I, I not to get overly sappy, but man, I appreciate everything that you do for me. You don't understand what I do on this end. You can't see me. I turn the mic off and I sit back and I listen to you as you go, as you put on a clinic and 
it, it makes my job so easy. So I want to let you know how much I appreciate you and everybody here at Behind the Still Curtain because I love each and every one of you. So Merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate that. And 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 I I think back to something I said earlier in the show, uh, falling in love with the Pittsburgh Steelers and with Franco Harris and and his teammates in the in the 1970s put me on a path to be able to have these conversations with you and all these all these wonderful Steelers fans. So I'm grateful for that to be able to live a life where you get to do things you love to do. Uh, that feels like uh, the best you can ask for. Absolutely. So Merry Christmas to our fans. Blessings to your family. We're not going to reach for the hypocycloids right now. We're just going to say thank you. Go Steelers. Be safe. We love you. And God bless you, Franco. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.